that talk is about to begin Hey, 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 come on in Welcome back to Buckeye Talk. Stephen means Andrew Gillis, and it's Tuesday, which means it's recruiting day on Buckeye Talk. If you listen to the Monday pod, you heard Nathan and I go pretty in-depth about Ohio State's matchup with Notre Dame on Saturday, specifically the quarterback situation with Kyle McCord and Sam Hartman. And we're going to continue that theme, Andrew, today on the recruiting pod. Not necessarily a Notre Dame-Ohio State relation here, but... Ohio State in 2025 has a quarterback by the name of Tavian St. Clair. He's the number 129 player, number eight quarterback in this class. And he has spent the last year turning himself into the type of guy who, by the time he graduates, he might be a five-star recruit, top 50 recruit with the development path he is on. And you went to see him. Uh, You went to go see him Friday, play football, and then you were there Monday. You actually just got back as we're sitting down to record this. First of all, what were your impressions of seeing Tavian St. Clair live in an action on Friday night? He's a physically mature kid. He's only six foot three, but he's two fifteen, and six three two fifteen is the way that he kind of looks and kind of carries it. You just kind of look at him and you're like, this this kid's seventeen. This is a seventeen year old high school kid. Like it, it doesn't look that way. And like Tavian, he he carries it really well. So physically, he's impressive. Um, just in terms of like you know, his build and, and kind of what he, what you would look for in a quarterback, you know, being the, the requisite size and things like that. But, um, you know, that's, that's something that, you know, really kind of stood out to me. And then immediately after just the way that he kind of throws the ball, it, it's a smooth throwing motion. There's not a clunkiness to it. You know, you, you see some high school kids, they throw it a little bit like Colt Brennan sometimes, RIP. That's a pull, but it's like it, the best way to phrase it, if you're a baseball fan out there, it would be like Randy Johnson pitching. Like it doesn't release over the top. So it releases on the right side. I guess that would be like two o'clock, you know, like, you you know, it doesn't come over the top and, and he's just got really good mechanics. The ball comes out quick. It comes out tight and on a spiral. So there, there's a lot of things to be impressed with, with Tavian just in, in kind of how he carries himself, but you know, just what he is as a player. So what's the ups in your opinion? Once again, we're asking you to evaluate six in this situation, a guy who's not going to be here for another 18 months. I know he did reveal to you that he is early enrolling, which that's typically the case with quarterbacks. They early enroll. The fact right. that Lincoln Keenholz didn't early enroll was more of the outlier with Ohio State's quarterback situation than what we come to expect here. Did you see the reason why people are excited about him, even if it was just flashes? And if so, what was that? Yeah, I think, you know, if you go to, um, you know, our, our YouTube page, there was a, a video of him kind of running for like a 30 something yard touchdown. Um, you know, you saw that and that's a really that's a really good reason to get excited. Um, I think just you, you saw it immediately with the way because he, he didn't throw a ton of deep passes like they didn't really ask him in that game um bill fountain to to really kind of i think they were playing indian lake if i'm not mistaken i think that was the school they didn't really ask him to go over the top a lot like he didn't you know he just didn't uncork 50 yard pat i think he threw like a hail mary once and i think he threw like a 30 yard deep shot another time like he he wasn't rearing back and throwing it so you i didn't really get to see the arm talent in that way but I did see the arm talent up close, like in the short to mid range. And I was really impressed by that, but, but more by his accuracy. Um, a lot of throws were on target. A lot of throws were online. 
And, and that's what you want, right? Like I know Mike Leach has said this before, you know, one of the things that he looks for in terms of recruiting high school quarterbacks. And one of the things that he looks for when you go from, you know, college to pros is, is the kid accurate? You know, can the guy hit a spot? Because if you can't, I have to teach you how to play quarterback and I don't have time for that. And I, I can't teach you how to play the quarterback position. And, and that was something that, that impressed me was that, you know, there's going to be a lot to learn. It's the quarterback position at Ohio state. You don't just roll in and start like it, it's really, really difficult to do that. I don't want to actually ever say that it's impossible, but it's really difficult to do that. So um, what I saw though, was a kid who, is going to come in and not look overmatched. And I think that that should have people excited because I'm not saying he's going to play. He's, he's going to, you know, like he said, he's going to early enroll, or at least his plan is to. Um, I'm not saying you're going to see him in October 2025, but, you know, it's not insane to look at him and be like, this is a guy that can help you in his second year of, uh, in his second year of college eligibility. So, I mean, I guess we can have that small conversation right there. When he gets here, maybe Kyle McCord's still here. Maybe he's not. Maybe Devin Brown is here. Or maybe he's not. That's that's all, regardless of whether it's transfer portal, NFL, whatever. But who will be here? Lincoln Keenholz going into what would be his third year. Aaron Nolan, five-star recruit in the 2024 class, going into his second year in the program. And then you've got tavian st Clair as a true freshman who is climbing up the ranks in that situation you're saying this is a guy who should be ready to help you in year two he that was kind of what i thought when i watched him because mentally look one of these things that you really get uh you really get a glimpse of in in terms of talking to these kids because you know I, i know i only just started recruiting covering recruiting here um, but I've covered high school kids before. I've talked to high school coaches on the phone. You know, I, I, I know how this kind of, I know how this kind of works a little bit. And a lot of times you get stock answers from these high school coaches or from these, whoever you're talking to around them. Oh, great leader. Great. And sometimes it's lip service with him. It's really not. So mentally he's got a good head on his shoulders. Like, you know, one of the things that his coach told me today, Jason Brown, this is a kid who he just kind of wants to be a kid. You know, he, he wants to be a high school kid. And that was what his, um, that was what his strength coach told me, the strength coach at the school. Like, I don't talk to him about Ohio state. I want to keep him, you know, Hey, tell me about how was your weekend? What'd you do? You do anything fun? You know, go to the movies, do whatever. Like he's kind of a normal kid. And I think that that's not lip service, lip service. I, and I really liked that when you hear it because you can tell when it is. And, and I didn't get that vibe. Um, so, I mean, you're talking about a kid who's going to come in. I, I already said he's physically ready. He looked physically ready. Yeah. There's going to be a ton of mental stuff to learn. I'm not saying that there isn't. And he's going to show up. You mentioned Aaron Nolan. Aaron Nolan is going to have him beat by a year in terms of just what he's going to know and his physical maturation and his mental maturation. So it's going to be a really, really tough, um, a really, really tough road for, for Tavian. But um, in terms of the physical makeup, I, I, I would feel confident in saying that, you know, he'll be okay uh, sooner rather than later. And the mental makeup, I have no worries about. There's no character concerns. There's no, you know, ah, he's, you know, he's a fight, you know, he's this type of kid or what, this is a kid that you want in your program. So yeah, I, I, you know, I, I think pretty early on he'll be ready. The question is, is he going to play? I think he could be ready to play early. Last thing here before we take a break. 
You've only seen him once, and you've probably watched some highlights of him as well. Yeah. Where things stand right now, what's the one thing about his game that you think translates immediately? Even if there's plenty of development that's going to have to go on, especially playing that quarterback position, but what is the one thing that should be able to translate for him because of what his talent and skill set is right away? Uh, he can, there's not really a throw that you look at and we're like, we're going to have to work at this. You know, we're going to have, mm-hmm. you know, I know for some quarterbacks, I, I mentioned the deep throws. I didn't really get to see the deep throws. So maybe that is kind of an area that he's trying to work on. But from what I could tell, I mean, he uncorked a 50 yarder at, at the end of the first half on Friday um, and didn't look to have any trouble doing it. So I'm going to presume that his arm strength is fine because uh, it looked fine in the one occasion that I did see it. But again, it was just the one occasion, but this is something that his coach told me, Coach Brown, was that, look, this is a kid who we are not limited by throws that he can make, right? He's like, we, he can make all the throws, so that opens up our playbook. That opens up every route concept, and I think that that's important because there are guys who show up to the college level, and it's, all right, we're going to have to work on this. We're going to have to do, you know, we're going to have to do this. We're going to have to work on that. Um, there are guys who, who are able to do that, but I think the number one thing that you can see with him is that the ball gets there and it gets there accurately. Um, and that's really important because you don't have to, I mean, it's a different ball game going up again. I mean, just to use guys on this year's team, it's a different ball game from going up against Indian Lake and going up against all those schools, you know, just Northwest of Columbus and, and kind of playing them than it is going up against Denzel Burke, right? That's that's obvious. So there's going to be an adjustment there, but I think you're not going to look at him and say like, you know what, we have to work on this, or we when he, when we call plays for him in practice, we can't throw to a certain side, or we can't run this certain route because he's not going to throw that. Like, I don't think that that's going to be a concern with him. So I think that that is uh, that's probably where I I lean with that. So we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, like I said, Andrew went down there on Monday to hang out with Tavian and coaching staff down there at Belfont High School. And we're going to get into what they had to say and what they had to talk about when we come back here on Buckeye Talk. Sign up for the text, 614-350-3315. And listen, it's a two-week free trial. This is probably the best week to do it. Andrew's out talking to recruits and texting off of that. We'll be talking with Ryan Day here this afternoon as you're listening to this. We'll be texting off that. When we talk with players, texting off that. And, of course, on game day, texting off of that. Great time to get in for it, 614-350-3315. Sign up for two-week free trial, three ninety nine. after that. So, Andrew, you went down to Bell Fountain and you spent – I don't know, like an hour, hour and a half, two hours there, just hanging out with Tavian. What'd you guys talk about? Oh, well, so it was funny. I pulled him out of a meeting um, and it felt like a, like a team meeting. They were watching film and it kind of felt like a kid was getting called to the principal because there's a little bit of a, of a stir in the class when a kid gets up and the kids start to, because yeah, everybody knows, you know, everybody knows what it's for. Everybody knows Tavian's going to do another interview. And um, we talked about a lot of things. I talked about his journey. Uh, I talked about what his thoughts are and, you know, he's telling me that he'll be at every game this year, um, every home game that is, I should say. Um, so, you know, he's telling me about his year, what he wants to work on, kind of the, the recruitment process, kind of how things unfolded there. One of the things that I did think was kind of funny, and I think Buckeye fans will really like this part, uh, he's doing a lot of recruiting. Um, he dropped a bunch of names and, um, I'll have to go back and listen to him, but in-state kids 
are the kids that he's after. You know, he said, I wanted to start there. Um, you know, Dorian Brew, he keep he stays in his ear. Um, you know, the the corner who actually I went out to see a couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago. Um, you know, he stays in his ear. There are kids that that uh, Tavian is is after, and he's doing a lot of recruiting of his own, doing a lot of growing. You know, he, he talked about kind of his weight gain. Um, you know, I think he said uh, from 185 to 215 from yeah. the end of last season to this season. So, like, he put on some serious muscle. Uh, he didn't play baseball, which I think kind of uh, th- that kind of helped him a little bit. And that was what his strength coach said was that, you know, hey, look, like, he wasn't moving as much. So, you know, this wasn't a kid who, um, you know, all the, like, I mean, think about it in high school, you're, especially if you're a kid of that, you know, kind of stature, that kind of, that kind of level, you're moving around a lot. You're playing football, you're playing basketball, you're playing baseball, you're playing all this kind of stuff. You don't really have time to like, to, to grow to Mm -hmm. like, and I mean, grow out, like grow, you know, physically mature and grow your muscles. And, um, he didn't play baseball and that really helped him. He said, um, you know, there's, there's a couple guys in, in Cleveland he's talking to, uh, in Cincinnati, like there, he, he's kind of all over the map and, you know, we kind of cracked that. He's like, I think I do more recruiting than the coaches do. So uh, he, he really, I was really impressed with, with just kind of how he handled himself, just, you know, kind of the way that he goes about his business. Did the fact that he's from Ohio and he's a quarterback from Ohio committed to Ohio state come up and what were his thoughts on that? A little bit, um, you know. He mentioned that he was like, "Look, it, you're in. You're from Ohio. Like I tell, he's like, that's what I've been telling kids that are in Ohio. Like, come on, it's your dream to be a Buckeye when you're growing up in Ohio and you're playing football, and um, you know, it's your dream to to play for Ohio State. And um, you know, his strength coach said that uh, she knew when Ohio State offered that that was where he was going to go, not because he told her. But because she goes, look, there was he got the offer and then there was just this gleam in his eye that was not there when I when any of these other schools offered. There was just this there was just this way that he carried about himself, carried himself and talked about it, that these other schools, you know, and no offense to them. I mean, he just did. They just didn't have that impact on him. And I think that that really he 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 didn't say that explicitly. But he kind of said, like, look, man, like, this is, you know, you're from Ohio. Like, this is this this was kind of the dream school. He's like, it's cliche, but it is, um, you know, and um, I, I think we, we talked a little bit about, like, him growing up and kind of what his fandom was. And, you know, he said he really liked to watch JT Barrett, uh, really liked to watch Justin Fields. Um, so, you know, he's, he knows kind of his history a little bit, which, by the way, Great. It's so weird because I was sitting there, as he said, I like to watch JT Barrett. I was like, this kid, he was like, when JT Barrett was the quarterback at Ohio State, Tavian was in elementary school. Well, he wasn't in elementary school, but, you know. Six years school. ago? Six years ago, he was in fifth yeah. grade. That's elementary school. Yeah. Well, it depends JT on, Barrett was in been, elementary well, school well, when Tavian St. Clair, yeah. yeah. Or JT Barrett was the quarterback at Ohio State when Tavian was His in the last school. year as the starting quarterback was wow. Time is flying. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Yep. 
So that yep. is that because when you said he knows his history, it's like that, that's not history. That just happened See, the other day. Yeah, but that, yeah, like no, that's the right. thing. Like it, that, that's his history. That's what I'm he not knows. saying. Yeah, I'm not saying he's got to go out there and tell me like, oh yeah, I know Archie Griffin and I know three yards in a cloud of dust. Yeah. And I know all. I'm not like yeah, he'll know that eventually. Yeah, you know he, he's 17. He's not here yet. Give him a break. He's 17, so that means he was born in like 2006. Mm. He was he was an infant when Ohio State and LSU played the national championship game. So like that like it, it, it's 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 weird, man. Like he he was uh, like in kindergarten when Urban Meyer became the coach. Like we can do this for all day. But yeah, so his history, he knows he knew what he was talking about in terms of Ohio State history for his history. So the reason I brought up the Ohio thing because it's the it's what makes this so important that Ohio State has an Ohio quarterback because I mean Penn State's had their fair share of Ohio quarterbacks over the last couple of years. I mean Sean Clifford's from Cincinnati and he but he just wasn't Ohio State caliber. Drew Aller from most of his high school career wasn't what you would call Ohio State caliber. And then he really blew up going into his senior year, turning himself into a five-star recruit. And now he's Penn State starting quarterback, and they'll face him in a couple of weeks here. We'll see if it's. He looked good the first two weeks, and then maybe he came back to the mean in week three. So we'll see what the ceiling is with Drew Aller and along with all the other quarterbacks that are still on Ohio State's schedule. But that's not what we're going to talk about. But Ohio State, <laughs> they do have this long history of in-state quarterbacks who have had success here. Obviously, Braxton Miller, five-star recruit in the 2011 class, was a three-year starter here and really – Missed out on an opportunity to be starting quarterback for a team who eventually ended up winning a national title because he gets hurt at the beginning of the year, which is how we end up with JT Barrett as a starter. But then the guy who takes over at the end of that year, Cardell Jones, that's an in-state kid from Glenville who ends up leading you to a national championship team, a national championship. Troy Smith, 2006, wins the Heisman Trophy. They're undefeated, favors to win the national title, and obviously Urban Meyer in Florida, they and they do what they do. At that time, that was the height of the Florida Urban Meyer era at that point. Todd Beckman, multi-year starter here. Justin Zwick, five-star recruit who who started multiple games here. And then obviously the first, the, the, the biggest one is the guy who never actually started a game here, but he's from Ohio, and Ohio State still claims him. He has an Ohio State degree, and that's Joe Burrow from Southern Ohio, Spent four years in the program developing before heading into LSU and turning into what we now know he is as the Cincinnati Bengals uh, starting quarterback and highest paid player in the NFL. But when there have been high-level quarterbacks in Ohio, or at least Ohio State caliber quarterbacks in Ohio, Ohio State does have this history of landing them, and they do have a history of turning them into something. And I don't know, maybe I'm presenting this to you, and I just want to get your reaction to it, but... Could say Tavian St. Clair be the next name on that list while also doing so in a world where Ohio State is is not just developing high-end college football quarterbacks, but first-round NFL draft picks? You know, maybe. Um, you don't want to put it past him, and you don't want to say that like a kid can't do something. Um but that's also a really hot, like some of those names on that list are like, that's a really high bar. And I understand that's kind of the, the, you know, the point of your question, like, can he reach those heights? And I think so. Uh, it, it's just too early to tell right now, you know, because he's the only commit in the 2025 class. Like, like we are still a little bit of ways away from him ever even working out at the Woody, right? Like, 
he he's got 15 months or so, 16 months until he'll be on campus working out, um, you know, with the team officially. So um, I think that, yeah, it's sure, you know, it's possible. I think you, I, it's just so hard to project, like, can this kid who is a junior in high school, like be a first round pick in like six or seven years. Like, yeah, but that's what, that's, that's what recruiting is a lot of times. It's a projection here. That's what, so it's like, it is, it's, that's a lot of recruiting is it's too early to tell, but like that, the, I, that's a lot of it is idea. And the idea with him is it's one thing to win a national title. It's another thing to do it when you've got a guy from your own backyard leading your program. And that's what happened with Cardell Jones when he took over the program. Braxville, as I mentioned, Troy Smith, what made that so special is not only is Ohio State the best team in the country in 2006, but they're being led by a quarterback who grew up in their backyard. I mean, it would make it cooler. It would make it would make a better job for or make a cooler job for uh, for us because we could write about the the hometown hero, you know, the hometown guy. Um, so. You know, I think the thing for him that I think could really kind of separate him is his running ability. Um, you know, that is what Aaron Nolan, you know, Aaron Nolan, I mean, we all watch, I think, was that, it wasn't, I think, was it the night before week zero? Whenever it was, he played that game. It was the night the, before week zero. The night before week zero, whatever it was. He played that that outstanding football game on ESPN, and that kid could move a little bit. And he had the couple scrambles and the evasiveness that looked really good. So I think, you know, you're not going to have questions about a quarterback at Ohio State in terms of their arm talent, right? You are going to wonder what can this kid do with his legs because, and this is a little inside baseball a little bit with with kind of the NFL draft and how things are going. Uh, I know Anthony Richardson's hurt now, but Anthony Richardson has looked really good through two games. And the reason that I bring his name up is that I wonder how much, I mean, recruit, recruiting from high school to college is already a traits-based activity, right? Or however you want to phrase it. Like, it is already, you go look at these kids and you're like, okay, this kid's 16, this kid's 15, what can he be in three years when he gets on campus at Ohio State or at Michigan or at Virginia Tech or at LSU or wherever? And that's, that's kind of, that's the name of the game for high school recruiting. I wonder how much of that is going to start to leak into the NFL draft because Josh Allen was not a super great college quarterback. I think that's kind of the the sneaky secret about Josh Allen was that he got picked in the top 10 because he could throw it a country mile and nobody really knew that he had the running ability that he did. But he could throw it a mile and he's big and like he just kind of had everything you look for physically. And now Anthony Richardson through two games has looked pretty good. And he's the most athletic quarterback in terms of like combine numbers that has been tested at the combine. So I wonder if that's going to change moving forward. I think there will always be a place for guys that, you know, maybe don't move that well um, that can, you know, sneak into the first round. But I, I wonder as we evolve at the quarterback position, like how many teams are going to look at him and be like, I don't care that he played for, you know, like Patrick Mahomes, another good example, Patrick Mahomes. Like there were some games that he had in college. Texas tech was not very good. And there were some games that he had in college where you look at him and be like, 
what in the world was that? But he has all the arm talent in the world, might be the most talented quarterback or most talented thrower of the football ever, just in terms of the things that he can do with strength and accuracy and on the move and on the run and things like that. So it's like, I wonder if we're going to head that way. And I don't know if Tavian is athletically freakish as those guys. Um, but I do think that there, that is the ceiling. Yeah. Like, you know, that is the ceiling, a, a you know, a top 10, top 15, top 20 pick in the NFL draft. So what are they telling him about what the next, cause he's got another, like you said, 15 and by months. They, you mean Ohio state, Ohio state. Yeah. What are they telling him about where he is in his progression for, you know, a junior in high school and you know what the i what the expectations are for him well right now he arrives just, on campus right right now it's just get bigger faster stronger it's pretty basic um you know one of the things that his strength coach told me was that at the end of the season when this is over you know i, I she kind of laughed and you know she was like there's not going to be much downtime for him because at the end of this season they're going to sit down and they're going to talk and say what benchmarks do you want you know, what do you want him benching, cleaning, squatting a certain number? Do you want him doing that? Like, what kind of things are we going to do? So I think right now for him, it's just, you know, they want to, you know, you want to play out your junior year. Again, he still has a whole other year of high school, right? Like this kid's taking APUS history or I don't know if he is actually, but he, you could be taking APUS history. I should have asked him that. That was what I took. Uh, don't ask me my grade, but he like, th- like that's kind of where we're at, right? Like we're still early on enough in this where it's still, it, it it's still a little bit of a ways away. So I think just general improvement was kind of the vibe that I got and kind of the things that he was talking about in terms of, you know, where he wants to grow. He already put on the weight, right? He already put on that, you know, that weight to go up like 30 pounds or whatever it was from the time he's entered high school, he's gained like 65 pounds or something like that. So physically he's kind of grown. I think, you know, the, the, the thing that he wants to kind of evolve at, he told me was that, you know, he wants to get sharper mentally in terms of kind of knowing the game and things like that. And um, I think after the season, when the 2024 class is kind of gone and by gone, I mean, in college, you're going to start to get a better idea of, all right, clock's ticking. Now you got 12 months and you know, then we need you. So, I think that there's going to be some some big conversations after the season's over. What is the benefit for him? Does he feel like committing this early? Because we've just for some more background history, Kyle McCord, Ohio State starting quarterback right now, is the only quarterback Ohio State's landed this early on in the process and has actually made it to signing day. You know, I, no, that's not true. Jack Miller also committed this early, but also they had to go get another quarterback with C.J. Stroud in that class. And then Kyle McCord commits in the 21 class, 18 months out. And he makes it all the way to signing day. We know the Quinn Ewer story and how he ended up reclassifying and then transferring, so they had to go get Devin Brown late. 2023 was its own journey of trying to find a specific type of player in that class, a Mac Jones type who wasn't trying to go – who wasn't looking to get on the field as – soon as possible and was understanding that the development was maybe a longer journey they had a guy they ended up kind of backing off of that guy it was a mutual um separation between the two and then they ended up finding lincoln kinos in that class and then obviously in 2024 they had dylan rayola and then he decided to decommit and he's now committed to georgia and they find Aaron nolan and that works that's the 2025 where tavian sinclair i mean he's from ohio so it gives you the best possible yeah. shot of it looking more like Kyle McCord than these other situations where he does stick around and make it the signing day. But for him, what's the benefit of being 
committed this early. Uh, it's over. Um, you know, you're good. You, you did it, you know, and, and I, I asked him that, you know, like you, you still got a while, right? Like you still have some time, um, you know, and I think it just, it sounded like in kind of the things that he was saying, just the time was right to make the decision to pull the trigger at Ohio state. And like the quarterback was, this went unsaid is this. So th- I want us to be clear that this is me kind of inferring, right? The quarterback position is a different beast because mm-hmm. let's say I went out to talk to Tavian St. Clair, the gigantic left tackle who's six foot six and 350 pounds or 325 pounds or whatever, something huge. And yeah, great. All right. Um, you know, they'll take him. They'll take him now if he wants to commit, but they're also going to keep committing or keep recruiting other offensive tackles in the class, right? Like you're not going to stop recruiting and you're not going to just back off of, you know, other whoever you're recruiting because you have that guy. Like, um, like I, I know, um, I'm trying to give a good example. Uh, like, like Ohio state pulls in, um, you know, Gerby Lambert. I don't know. I just picked a name from the 24 class. Uh, they pull him in. You're still going to go after some of the five-star offensive linemen. Like you're still going to go after the Baker kid from, from California, right? Like you're not turning away like five-star talent, uh, at a lot of these positions with quarterback. It's a little bit different. So quarterback, it's kind of like, I want to get settled and I kind of want to start to do my job. And I kind of want to start to do the things that I can do to get ready. And I want to have my place kind of set. And I, and I kind of got that vibe a little bit. Um, and, and frankly, that's why a lot of quarterbacks commit, because if you'll notice, there are some of these kids, you know, who commit before their senior year, sometimes in their senior year, sometimes after a couple of weeks, whereas quarterbacks, they'll commit like before their junior year. Like if, if they're, if they're not decommitting from anywhere else, or if they have not decommitted from anywhere else, or, you know, someone else has not decommitted and they're kind of taking their place, like they'll commit before their junior year. And they've, they played two years of high school football and yeah, like, so I, I think that there was kind of this like culmination of things where it's like, get your place. You know, I, I'm the quarterback in the class. Um, it's, you know. It's Ohio State. It was the school that, you know, he kind of knew and he kind of felt that was the right fit for him. And, um, you know, he, he, you know, other people have kind of told me that, hey, this was kind of the place where you could just tell it was a little bit different, that it meant more to him. So there's a lot of different things that I think kind of played into that. So, um, you know, getting in this early, it just I mean, it's a good thing for Ohio State. And and I think it can be a good thing for, you know, whoever that whoever that commit is. And this year it's Davian St. Clair. So we're going to take one more break here, and then we're going to have more of a big-picture conversation about what Tavian St. Clair's commitment and what his, what his commitment means for Ohio State's long-term future for its quarterback room. We'll get more into that when we come back here on Puckard Talk. And we're back on Buckeye Talk. Andrew, I mentioned it before. The, the present is Kyle McCord, and the – immediate present is probably Devin Brown, depending on how, but a lot, obviously if Kyle McCord has the Mac Jones, Dwayne Haskins level year where he's so good that he goes pro, then probably next up is Devin Brown to be the starter in 2024. But that's a perfect scenario. And there is also a scenario where Kyle McCord just comes back in 2024 and he's the quarterback for the next two years. And then we're asking the question, well, what does that mean for Devin Brown? So let's look past 
23 and 24 because Lincoln Kinos probably is not going to be the starter in 2024 either. And it's, I mean, true freshmen do start in college football, but Ohio State's room is kind of loaded in a way that maybe you, it's, it would be a pleasant surprise if Aaron Nolan somehow ended up being the starting quarterback in 2024, right. but it's probably unlikely. So let's, yeah. Let's move uh, ahead to 2025 when Kyle McCord probably isn't on this roster and maybe Devin Brown's on this roster. Or maybe he's not. Who knows? But what we do know is a room with Lincoln Keenholz in his third year as a guy who always had the long-term development in mind, Tavian St. Clair as a true freshman guy who might end up being a five-star recruit by the time he actually signs on a dotted line, and Aaron Nolan, who is a five-star recruit, coming into year two and there's a chance that there's maybe a quarterback battle in that class. What do we think about the upside of that 2025 quarterback with those names? Are we is Ohio State's quarterback future in good hands? Is it something to get excited about, or is it something that you're maybe you have a little bit of pause about? In and that's 20, about in, you're saying in 25. In yes. 25, I look, I, I'd feel good about it. I, I, I don't know how you couldn't um, because. Let's say, like, what is the worst, like, let's play this out. What is the worst case scenario for Ohio State's quarterback room in 2024? Probably that Kyle McCord leaves and goes to the NFL, right? Like, that, that, is, that is probably the worst thing. And then you're talking, so 2024, I actually think might have more... I would I would have more concern about the 24 room than I would the 25 room because mm-hmm. the 24 room you're still talking Keenholz in his second year, um, oh yeah second second, second year yeah. in the pro- second year within the program. Um, you have Devin Brown, but you don't really know what Devin Brown is. And I understand that like when we talked about Kyle McCord, we were like there's kind of a baseline there for Ohio State quarterbacks. Like if they're going to play somebody, you kind of assume that they're going to be this level of you know talented um so i i do get that but you know keenholt's second year devin brown you wouldn't really know kyle mccord's gone aaron nolan's a true freshman like that would be more concerning to me um because obviously it depends on what they think of devin brown and his kind of long-term future it's like do you do you bring in a transfer like like is is at that point you're asking you know let's but if you don't you're asking all right Let's say Devin Brown's the starter and Keenholz, you're like, do you feel good about him enough to be the backup? Like to be one snap away from being the starting quarterback at Ohio State? Like, is, is that that's going to be the question that they have to answer? And the question would probably go the same for Aaron Nolan. Like, do you look at, or yeah, do you look at Aaron or like, all right, this kid, he's going to play pretty soon so yeah we're okay with that i don't know that's a question that ohio state's gonna have to answer down the line but in 2025 again Devin what's Brown, the difference maybe, between those scenarios though but because i mean be, well the, re- the reason i said the reason i laid out 24 was because y- everybody has another year and you would have to feel better about another year because maybe you have Devin brown but you have Aaron nolan the five star going into his second year Keenholz would be going into his third year. So basically the 25 room might just be the 24 room with an extra year, right? Like you get an extra year with Nolan, you get an extra year with Lincoln, you get, now you get Tavian coming in as the freshman. Like, 
I, I don't know. I, I just, I would feel better about, I mean, just kind of speaking generally, like you, you want more, more experiences better than no experience. So you're having, like you have Lincoln and you have air in those rooms in 2024 and 2025. And all of a sudden that they have an extra year of experience. So I would feel good about, you know, like if you go into 2025 with air as your starting quarterback, yeah, I'd feel fine about that. Yeah. But what's the difference between, Third year Lincoln Keenholz in 2025, who will probably have just as much experience going into that year in year three than what Devin Brown would have going into 2024 if Kyle McCord were to leave after this season. In fact, depending on how things play out, Devin Brown might have more experience than what Lincoln Keenholz would have, or Aaron Nolan would have, or Taven Sinclair would have going into 2025 because he's played. He hasn't started a game, but he's played in real games and thrown passes now, and he's the for sure backup. I don't, I don't know what the difference is between. I, I think if Kyle McCord leaves after this year, twenty four is the same as what twenty five potentially could be if Devin well, De- Brown. Well, Devin also Brown does the could same be thing. there in twenty five though. That's the thing. So you had twenty two, twenty three, twenty four, twenty five. So you you could have Devin Brown still around at that point. Now, sometimes like the quarterback position is so wonky. Because there's only one of them, you know, no one's invented a way to get a second quarterback and a second football on the field yet. So there's only one of them. And a lot of these times there are kids who are like, you know what, I want to play and I'm going to go. So it, it's, it's, it is hard to project out like what could happen because you're, you're kind of just following the path of falling dominoes. But like if McCord, like if McCord is here in 24, like, again, you said, we're gonna have to ask the question, like, what does Devin Brown do? Like does Devin, mm-hmm. Is Devin Brown willing to wait another year? And then you get into a scenario where it's like fourth year Devin Brown, second year Aaron Nolan, third year Lincoln Keno. Like then, then it, then it might, then it's a true big, you know, it's a big time battle. Um, but if McCord goes like Devin, we'd be having the same conversation that we have about McCord now that we're Correct. having. A, like we'd be like, Hey, if Devin Brown has a really good year, he might go, or he could just say, I'm coming back for another year. Um, in 25. So I, I just think the upside maybe of that 25 room is higher. I, maybe this is, maybe that's foolish considering so much can happen between now and then. I, I just think that, you know, you, you can basically take the 24 room of, you know, third year, Devin Brown, second year, Lincoln Keenholds, first year, Aaron Nolan, have those guys add another year of experience. Again, everybody let's uh, for now, assume everybody stays those guys move on to 25 and then now Tavian is like fourth on the depth chart. Um, that I don't know. Is that about upside or about Florida? If you're saying guys just have another experience because the, the way they want this to be set up in a perfect world is, yeah, you've got four quarterbacks and your true freshman's quarterback number four and guys are not, are spend two years developing and then they take over in their third year as a starting quarterback. Now we know how quarterback works and that's not realistic. Some, a lot of guys were, whether we're talking about Aaron Nolan or Bob, something from all around the country, guys are trying to get on the field as quickly as possible. So right. now you're asking, well, we are kind of getting into the thick of things here in the thick of the woods a little bit where it's how many guys are going to be willing to wait to their third year. Yeah. Right. The Kyle McCord was willing to do that, but is Devin Brown going to be willing to do that? Is Aaron Nolan going to be willing to do that? Is Lincoln Keenholz even going to be willing to do that? If he takes a, significant leap in production and development over the next year and a half here. So that's a whole nother conversation, but just the way things are built now to get back to the initial question, you have faith 
that if this rule, if things hold, and at bare minimum, the room is Tavian St. Clair as a true freshman in 2025, Lincoln Keenholz year three in 2025, and Air Nolan year two in 2025, that whoever comes out of that, if that's in, if that holds, regardless of what's going on with Kyle McCord and Devin Brown right now, if that were to hold and it became a battle between those three to be Ohio State's next starting quarterback, you have faith that at the level of play isn't going to drop off once these guys reach their potential. I think so. Um, you know, I think, uh, look, I mean, we're talking about recruiting rankings now, right? And Aaron Nolan's one of the best quarterbacks in the country and mm-hmm. in the 24 class. And like, I saw him play, you know, I watched I, I watched him play like everybody else did on ESPN and that kid can sling it a little bit. And, and I think I, I would feel really good about kind of the things that you can do to diversify the offense with air. Um, frankly, the, like, and I'm not saying that I would rather have like right now, air Nolan over comic court. I'm not saying that right now. Um, but like you can do different things with air Nolan, you know, cause he can run. Um, you can do kind of different things with I mean, and I think the same holds true for Devin Brown. Like, I think you can do different things with Devin Brown than you can with Kyle McCord. doesn't mean that I would rather have Devin Brown at quarterback because right now I would, I mean, obviously I think the choice is pretty clear. Um, so I, you know, I, I think that the, the upside of Ohio state's room really, no matter how you slice it over the next like three or four years, the upside is really high. And I think that the floor kind of is the floor, like, right? Like we talked about this a lot where there is just this baseline level of acceptance that Ohio State's quarterback is probably going to be fairly decent. And and I think that that is, uh, you know, you, you have to feel good about that. But the ceiling, yeah, I think the ceiling, especially over these next couple of years, once these recruiting classes come in, is going to get elevated. So, Andrew, you're working on? A, a, a big time Tavian St. Clair store. So check cleveland.com slash OSU for that site and sign up for the text 614-350-3315. When he talks to these recruits, when he goes to watch and play, when he heads out to these high schools, that information is going through your phone first before he writes a story, before he does any YouTube shorts, or even before we do this pod. It's going there first. As you're listening to this, we're preparing to go Listen to Ryan Day and Jim Knowles talk in preparation for Ohio State's top 10 matchup with Notre Dame on Saturday. So for Andrew Gillis, I'm Stephen Means, and that was Buckeye Talk.